1: And we are gonna talk about transitions today, transitions and growth, which is Uh, a big topic.
0: I'm excited about this conversation. This (laughs) has been really good for me.
1: Um, So I recently was listening to a podcast by Brene Brown, who is an eminent shame researcher, actually. And she's got this podcast called Unlocking Us, which you can look up on Spotify or Apple, I think. Um, And she's doing a series on, like imperfection, right? Or life transitions? I guess it's imperfection. Her book, um, The Gifts of Imperfection, is experiencing its 10-year anniversary. So they're just kind of going through it again. Kind of like a book group. Yeah. For listeners and readers. So we mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, we'll follow along with that. And we'll do one too. So that's what we're going to do today is kind of talk through the very beginning parts and of that book. And um, we'll see where we get. There's a little quiz at the end that you can sort of take along with us and yeah, we took it, we have are. our results ready to go. <laughs> so, uh, so when we're kids and when our, when our kids are kids, you know, we go to the pediatrician at regular intervals and the pediatrician will check their height and their weight and their head circumference and all those developmental milestones. And at some point those visits will stop. Like we grow up and leave all that behind us because we're like finished growing, right? Yeah, sure, we're, we're done. done. No more pediatrician, <laughs> 18, I remember. Yeah, we're good, we're good. So, but there's more to growth and head circumference, and learning to talk. Oh, yeah. And yes. that's kind of where we're headed today. Like, we don't stop growing, or we shouldn't, just because we're 18. There's there's other transitions that we're going to go through in life, and there's other um, growth milestones that we're going to hit.
0: Yeah, and I liked the title of her book, like The Gift of Imperfection. Is that what – that's what it is, right? The Gift yes. of
1: Imperfection, mm-hmm. because
0: I'm a recovering perfectionist. Same. <laughs> so, um, in doing some research for this, I – found another book called The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for Those Who Can't Get Their Act Together, and it's by Jared Wilson. And one of the quotes that I just loved was this, What is discipleship then but following Jesus, not on some religious quest to become bigger, better, or faster, but to become more trusting of his mercy toward our total inability to become those things? So I may have the same problems when I wake up tomorrow, but His mercies are new every morning. Yes,
1: ma'am. <laughs> Thank goodness.
0: <laughs> so uh, we want to balance. And another really interesting perspective just on life transitions um, was from the author Susan Howatch. She's a British author whose books are well worth checking out. She was um, very prominent in the 80s and 90s. And she said... Um, in her seasons of life she found something called the second journey hmm. and it was what spiritual guides call um not really a midlife crisis where you're looking back and like trying to reclaim your lost use yes yeah, so you run around like someone who's 25 years old and the second journey Uh, which she said was around 40 years old for her. We'll talk about that more later. But um, suddenly it's like you're changing gears. Like one journey has finished and a new journey is beginning. And this can be disorienting. This can be isolating. Mm -hmm. um, But it's also a really good time to stop and reflect. And and so we want to talk about that. Let's talk about Kind of stages of our life, so
1: things aren't taking you by surprise, right? You want to kind of have a heads up. I gotta say, stuff is coming.
0: The first one we're talking about, the twenties. I was not self-aware. I don't. No, 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 no.
1: I was not many (laughs) twenty-year-olds who are super self-aware.
0: I I I look back on that as a fog of trying to figure out who I was. So let's talk about that, Bonnie. Yeah,
1: I think in your twenties, you're more self-focused than you are self-aware. If that makes sense. Okay, I could see Uh, that. If you have a young adult you kind of know what I'm talking about. It's still a little bit me, me, me. Um, but if you're taking life by decades, so in your 20s, you're at your peak of everything. Like you, this is where you're learning the most. Your brain is at its best. You're physically probably at your best. You have the most energy and you're busy. The reason you're self-focused is because you are you should be. You're, you are, um, this is where you're discovering what you're good at. That's true. Um, who yeah. you are, what gifts you have. Um, how you can use those going out in the world to serve and to create. Um, you're building. This is a building decade where you're you're building your career. You're building your education. You're building your relationships. And you're kind of looking around, soaking everything in like some kind of Christmas display in New York City. That's a good description. But The, the <laughs> downside is you're looking in those Christmas windows and there's also like a reflection that's happening all the time. So you're in your 20s. Most of us, I think, are hyper-aware of, because you're just coming out of those teen years where friends and peer groups were super important. Um, Most of us are still judging ourselves um, and comparing. Comparing is the big word. Like, how am I measuring up? How do I look to other people? Am I doing it right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I I think that's true. At first, I was like, I didn't do that. But then as I really made myself stop and think... um, I did in terms of socially. So, like, yeah. um, what? How much money were my friends making? What kind of houses were they buying, or apartments yeah. were they getting? Uh, what kind of vacations were they taking? Mm-hmm. And when would I be able to do those kinds of things? And I had to get released from that. Yeah, at some point it's not necessarily bad because you're describing it as a developmental stage of awareness but it's not someplace I wanted to stay Mm -hmm. comparing it's it's it robs you of joy (laughs) so much
1: right and it's you're and it's changing your focus from where it should be
0: yeah obviously yeah so okay you gave me some hope for the 20s I was learning (laughs) kind of who I was maybe a little bit so let's talk about 30s in your 30s uh, a lot of us are already in relationships. So we married really young, David mm-hmm. and I. So Me we'd too. been in relation. We'd been married for nine years by the time we turned 30. Mm-hmm. And we had one child. So you've been in a career or two, tried out some jobs. And uh, we were in the trenches of parenting. You were yep. in the trenches of parenting. And it's on. And <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> the it's amount busy. of energy busy. to just do the things in your 30s. Yeah. I hang out with a lot of thirty year olds. I'm tired watching. It's them. exhausting.
1: <laughs> it's I- I'm exhausting. big tired. I'm like, better you than me, baby. <laughs> yes. There's a reason you do
0: that in your thirties. Like, wow, that's it, it makes me kind of proud. Like, hey, I did that too.
1: Yeah. I juggled
0: all those things. Uh huh. That that's it's a lot in your thirties.
1: School so, and taxiing and all the stuff you do when the your kids things. are home. Yeah, all
0: the all the busy, busy field trips, family stuff. Sleep deprivation.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> ongoing. Does that ever stop? I don't know. Oh. So somewhere in your late 30s, early 40s, then you get into this space that we've called midlife. And it's only midlife in our century because we actually have life expectancies that That's true. <laughs> let us live into our 80s, right? Um, so in midlife, you might start to feel this kind of anxiety or low-grade depression, um, you worry a lot about what you can't control or fix. So that's because you're in charge of these lives of little people
0: and a household and a job. And sometimes your parents, we talked about that on another podcast. Yeah. Your, if you're in the take, sandwich generation. Yeah.
1: hmm You've got a lot on your plate and you're wearing multiple hats. There's tons of expectations on your shoulders. Raise your hand if you feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> um, although you have to ask yourself, well, who put those expectations mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. did people ask me for that or did I just do that myself mm-hmm. and a lot of people I know in this stage just say they feel tired you know I'm just exhausted because we've spent so much energy on managing controlling um and also stuffing down the fear of trying something different mm. and this is where that transition concept kind of comes in so if you are um if you know this is coming um and you know to kind of prepare for it. You know to expect, OK, this, is, this part of life might feel a little different, and not to get so waylaid by it.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I'm thinking, in my, like I loved turning 40. It was great, great fun. It yeah. was big fun. I got to come back to Murfreesboro and just celebrate with all my old friends. And um, we were living in North Carolina at the time. It was just a really great reflective month of like, okay, here's what I've done with my life. Here's where I'm headed. And David and I knew, you know, we had our kids at 27 and 30. So we knew before we hit 50, they'd be gone. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to lay the groundwork for um, a good experience once they were out of the house. And yet, even with that intentionality, even with that kind of foresight and vision, it was a grief to see like that season coming to an end. Yeah, in my 40s, like I saw it coming down the track and we tried to savor it and and things like that. But it still was a bigger transition than I bargained for, even though we intentionally had our kids younger. So we would be, you know, younger for this second journey mm-hmm. and could do this second journey, you know, not at 60, but maybe at 40s yeah. and 50. Yeah. Um, Because I loved it. I You know, you get used to family life and it's like if it's a happy family, then yeah you don't that's, want to give that up that's a grief there is a grief that's to a grief that. there mm-hmm. and so it depends you know it just depends on your personal experience on kind of how you're facing it but it, i would say generally i think it's safe to say that it's disorienting uh, yeah whether you're relieved <laughs> disoriented or sad <laughs> and disoriented um yeah
1: so talk about change, change
0: change talk about how brene brown describes this so brene
1: brown and this book that we're Sort of what talking about today, the gift of imperfection. She describes midlife not as this cliche crisis, you know, where you go out and buy the sports car and have an affair, but as an unraveling. And I just love that word um, because we're starting to realize we can't control or manage life like we thought we could. And this unraveling happens periodically throughout stages of our life. It happens when you get married and you have to renegotiate your roles. It happens when you have a kid. Mm -hmm. It happens when you get divorced. If you get divorced, Mm -hmm. let's not say when. (laughs) Um, It happens when you have a big move, like you talked about. Yes. Move across the country. Yeah. um, Or a loss in your life. So it's not just um, decades. It's it's all transitions. So if you expect, gosh, just to sit back, give yourself a little bit of space to sit back if things are kind of going awry and going, well, what's happening in my life right now? Mm -hmm. Like, did my kid just go to kindergarten? Are we transitioning to something else? Is this why I might be feeling... Anxious or depressed or and how can I fix that how can I change the way I'm reacting to that
0: so true so true so this can be you know for a homeschool family that kindergarten transition really if you've homeschooled them through high school freshman year of college feels like kindergarten like what my mom friends described as kindergarten and there was this grief that I was feeling like I had spent my days with my kids Mm. like their whole lives and then all of a sudden they're away from me as they should be right that's what you want (laughs) but it it was um yeah it was definitely an unraveling Mm. and then an engagement and then another graduation and then a wedding and then another engagement and another wedding it it, i'm so glad i knew to just step back and go give yourself some time just kind of to be sad yeah to be disoriented yeah even happy changes
1: even happy changes if you can detach enough to sort of float above and observe yourself like what is happening in this household right now yeah and you know we don't all
0: cope beautifully i don't want to give the impression that i just sat back and contemplated my life and had all the great coping skills no i got too busy yeah. You know, I filled in all the empty space mm-hmm. and um my got husband got a puppy
1: for crying out. Yeah, I got a
0: puppy. My <laughs> husband's like, Have you lost your mind? Like, you have got to slow down. And I was like, Okay, maybe I'm not coping as well as I thought. <laughs> Let's take a pause. Let's take a pause. So, you know, we're human, we don't do things perfectly, but it is so helpful to me to know that um this is just a normal stage of development. Like you said, like when you watch your children go to the pediatrician and grow yeah. and develop, you know, we're, this is life. Yeah. These are
1: seasons of life that are universal, right? So I like to think of it. So, so God's our pediatrician. So now we're going to the pediatrician in our twenties, and then in our thirties, and then in our forties. And how is God measuring our growth there? Yeah. What is he? What's the measuring tape showing? Like, are we? What percentile are we? (laughs) So true.
0: So true.
1: And part of that is not just um, roles that we play, but it's also. Um, At some point in our life, like during our 20s when we're comparing all that, and in our 30s when we do a little good bit of that as well, at some point we get tired of perfectionism and proving stuff or um, living life the way everybody tells us we should or we're supposed to, um, especially as women. I think Mm -hmm. we do this a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, we've spent a ton of energy on all these protection mechanisms. And we, a lot of us, I think, fear to try to do something different. We fear the next thing. We fear um, trying something new or learning something new or being somebody different, transitioning into maybe not a mom anymore, Mm -hmm. a mom of young children anymore. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm a mom of teenagers or um, maybe I'm going back to work and I'm Mm -hmm. exploring a whole new side of myself. A lot of us fear that, and so we just don't do it
0: really you think a lot of people don't do it yeah. they just don't do it
1: I didn't do it I will say this is a confession time yes. okay for um this transition for me didn't it took a lot longer than my 30s oh I didn't start in my th- I didn't start in my 30s Bonnie yeah it was more like 40s mm-hmm. before I gave myself permission to um take a little piece of me back when we get married a lot I hear this a lot. Like, I lost myself. You know, I didn't know who I was anymore, especially when you have kids. You're all consumed by everybody else. And you kind of forget, you forget the things that you loved or wanted to do or wanted to try or um, that kind of thing. So uh, for me, it was writing. I loved to write. I was, someday, that's what I want to do. I remember you telling me that. But it was all kids 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 and what kids needed and mm-hmm, what my husband mm-hmm. needed and what our business needed and what life demanded of me and so let's just put that on the back burner and it wasn't until my 40s when I decided okay I'm going to do that and scared the crap out of me <laughs> it scared me to death but I did it anyway
0: mm-hmm, which is I think mm-hmm. what
1: bravery is it's not this courage It's just
0: doing it anyway doing it even, even when you're scared you're terrified. yeah <laughs> definitely that's what it is that's what it is so, so yeah I um <laughs> Okay, I believe I've, I see that I can I believe that. Um, but man, like, we don't want to waste our lives. No, like living in fear or living in the what ifs. I mean, I got the perfectionism beat out of me pretty good in my 30s. So I don't I'm not sure I was afraid to start. Um, I, I think I think I kind of just got pulled into a new transition because I got a job offer in yeah. my 40s. And so like at 42 ish. 41, I got a job offer and that was like a whole new transition and it was exhilarating Hmm. to like for the first time in years and years and years, like use a different part of my brain, use some skills that I had learned in college and never really put into use in Mm -hmm. my public relations degree. So that was exhilarating. And I think I did neglect my family a little bit. My attention was pulled away, at least that first year when it was so exciting. But, um, but that did set me up. That was a beautiful gift from God for a transition as they were moving out into high school and then out of the house. Um, so we want to remember during these transition times, Kevin DeYoung puts it this way that the the admission of imperfection does not have to be the enemy of endeavor. We can keep trying if even if we know we will never fully succeed. Yes. There's freedom in trying it's just to try. I
1: mean, what can it hurt? It really I, I, I learned to so many
0: so many neat things and the work environment i Me gotta too. say was um was that kind of environment i worked for a church which is even better right that the work environment at that church was let's let's just um endeavor to try mm-hmm. and and if we don't hit the mark exactly well hey it's okay we tried something yeah that's a very
1: freeing environment yeah
0: to, to uh work in
1: yeah i think brene says it this way in her podcast This is our time in life when the universe, and it happens occasionally, will gently place its hands on your shoulders, pull you in close, and whisper in your ear, I am not kidding around. (laughs) All of this pretending, performing, and coping you've been doing to protect yourself from feeling inadequate and getting hurt, this has to go. Your armor is preventing you from growing into your gifts. And that's God's pediatric check on us. He Hmm. wants to see if we're going into our gifts and not wasting them.
0: Yeah, and there's freedom in that. In the Christian life, you know, we we of all people do not have to live in fear with protective armor. Uh, my mantra for the last probably two years, I was thinking about this as we prep for this podcast, is Hebrews ten fourteen. By one sacrifice, he is made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It's yeah. not either or. I get a perfect status in Christ. And then I get to try the hard work of actually living up to that, but not to be accepted or loved. I'm already accepted and loved, and now I have the freedom to try. Yeah, isn't that what every happy family wants to do? Is love their children so well that they have the freedom to try hard things and, and have a safe mistakes. place to fall mm-hmm. when they when they mess up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and still be loved? Your performance doesn't um, is not tied to your um, acceptance right. or your how how your
1: family loves you, right? And and you're not doing it alone either. You've got no, this companion that's right. living in you, helping you do it all. Mm-hmm. Cheering mm-hmm. you on, like being your best tutor. Yeah, God doesn't
0: leave us alone without a tutor. He puts the Holy Spirit inside of us. You're right. You're so right. I love
1: that. So it helps to remember during all these transitions, like if you are listening and have children, that you have children in your care. And our kids are watching and learning from everything we do. So, what are they learning from our worry and our stress? and our need for control and
0: our poor coping mechanisms Yikes! with food or alcohol or name anything shopping name anything else what are they learning
1: well they're learning something (laughs) it's not the best (laughs) but what would they learn if we asked for help when we needed it what would they learn from our bravery what would they learn from us taking risks and loving ourselves and laughing at ourselves oh I think that's beautiful to use your word beautiful
0: you're right beautiful So, yeah, we're, so we're realizing some stuff yeah. in midlife, and we basically have two options. So um, when I say these, you'll think immediately of people you know. I have a friend who... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know that girl. <laughs> who has made which choice? So the first choice is you start to admit that your coping isn't really working. You're tired, and you do the work, like therapy, working on your stuff, reading, learning, having a spiritual awakening. And you figure out that and you can learn to live abundantly or Bonnie, what's number two
1: or (laughs) you might be the person who decides, nope. And you double down and you get really clenchy Mm -hmm. and you walk forward into your life very rigidly committed to never changing. Yeah. And, And also, by the way, if you do this, you're shoving all of that onto your spouse and your kids. Yeah. So congratulations. I've seen this. I've seen this. I've done this. Like
0: I have seen this. It does not go well. It does not go well with your adult children. It, you might you might be able to let it fly mm-hmm. when your children are stuck at home with you, but once they grow up, they're going to be like, "I'm out of here." Yeah, I'm not around that. for that stuff.
1: Been there, done that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, or so, they or they don't know it, and they're like you said, they just behave the same way you do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you've just created, created monsters. So Could which person
0: talk? do you want to be friends with, Bonnie? Yeah. Number one or number two? Uh-huh, and who can you be yourself <laughs> with? Yeah, exactly. So the book's title, The Gift of Imperfection, implies perfection may not be a gift. Perfection is not excellence. Let's say that again. Yeah. Perfection it, is not excellence. I think that's a that's a lie and a misnomer. It, it it's not a good healthy striving to better yourself or be the best you can be, which is okay. Healthy striving to be the best you can be? Right. Do everything as unto the Lord, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. It's the Lord God you're serving. Yeah, I'm always for excellence. That is excellence. That's what we need to be striving I'm for. I'm totally for that. Yeah. And you know, it, knowing that we're never going to totally hit it, but we'll do better than if we never aimed. Because he's with us. Yes, yes, yes.
1: So perfectionism, Brene Brown defines it as, thinking that if we live perfect, look perfect, and do all the right things, we can avoid or minimize shame, blame, criticism, or judgment. It's purely a defense mechanism, but one that is so very burdensome and it ends up hiding our real amazing and brave selves. Yeah. And the more you feel
0: shame and blame and judgment, I think the less loved you feel for sure. So if you're really well loved, I've talked about this before. My parents were not perfect by any stretch, but they got that right. They got like the, um, we love you. We, we're your people. We want to empower you to try hard things. So um, I got released from a lot of that hiding, that shame and blame. But as you've helped me see, Bonnie, as I've we've done this podcast and we've lived life together, a lot
1: of people are not walking around like that. Nope. A lot of us are still stuck there. Or we were stuck there for so long that something big happens and your knee-jerk reaction is to go right back to your same behaviors. Mm, yeah. So you have to kind of keep relearning this stuff. It's a daily practice. It's true, it's true. Like, it,
0: I can see that in my 30s, the stuff I worked really hard on and learned, I thought, "Ha, I got that mastered. I'm good <laughs> to go." And then the big life changes come looming in your 40s, and the mm-hmm. same reactions come back: the anxiety, the questioning. Yeah, it's your comfort zone. Yeah, and you're like, "Ah, oh, I thought I'd been done with that. <laughs> Here comes this same reaction." That's what you get for thinking. <laughs>
1: <Goddammit. laughs> so, right, yeah. So she Brown creates this inventory. Um, that you can do to measure where you are and becoming more authentically you to dropping off all that fear and being brave Um, and we all love a good quiz oh yeah remember 17 magazine (laughs) yes (laughs) all the the personality quizzes and the oh I loved those I loved those Um, so you can find this in her book obviously or on com. there's this quiz you can take yourselves but Renee and I did it yes in the interest
0: of transparency and really preparing well for this podcast we took it i thought it was really helpful i appreciated having to ponder Mm -hmm. the questions it didn't take very long
1: no it's 10
0: 15 minutes to take it and answer honestly and just in the spirit of self-reflection i i really I really believe God calls us to self-reflect. So, cuz remember it's safe cuz we're loved. And so I just want to before we start talking about how we answered these, remind us that Galatians 6 tells us each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. So, we're we're told like we're you you can take pride in yourself. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Bonnie, you can take pride in yourself. Mm-hmm. I can take pride in myself. I'm, I'm actually proud of the work I've done that I'm not like, okay, I'd like 20-year-old Renee's body. But I don't want 20-year-old Renee. Like 20-year-old <laughs> yeah, old Renee it was uh, not as well-developed and mm-hmm. kind as 50-year-old Renee. Mm-hmm. I can see the work. And it's not like um, I'm not boasting in that. I'm just grateful that I was given the opportunity to do the work.
1: Yeah. Who wish it, didn't? Wish it had been faster? Not for you personally, but yeah, no, I know. For me, I, I do wish it had I wish, been faster. But I've done that a little quicker. But you know,
0: all. you yeah. know, it's it's a grace to be able to look back and see, "Hey, I see progress. Yeah, I see I see big progress here. I'm not the same person I was. Yeah, so give yourself credit. Yeah,
1: for how far you've come.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, right. Let's talk about the assessment. Yeah, the assessment. areas. Okay, she calls them guideposts.
1: Uh huh. And you're trying to let go of one thing and yes. cultivate another.
0: Right. So guidepost one is letting go of what people think and cultivating authenticity. All right. How'd you score yourself, Bonnie? Yeah,
1: it was pretty good. About three quarters of the way.
0: Yeah, me too. Maybe a little bit less than that. But yeah, definitely. That, thanks, mom and dad, for helping me do that one. <laughs>
1: so that wasn't bad. <laughs> um, okay. Letting go of perfectionism and cultivating self-compassion, which translate that into self-talk. Yes. Uh,
0: it was about halfway. I scored myself the same amount. These two scored so two thirds of the way, maybe not quite three quarters, because mm-hmm. I'm really good in the big things. I notice, like, I don't talk to myself like you're a terrible mom, like I used yeah. to in my 30s, like because you don't like to do this or you don't like to do that. But like, if I um, send an email with a typo, yeah, I am appalled at myself. I'm like, <laughs> how could you do? How could you? Could you not edit that? Or even a text, Bonnie? Not even like I send a text <laughs> with, with a spelling. Te- and I'm like. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa Renee. <laughs> it doesn't have to be code red when you type the wrong word. I know. Why is it always? Why, yeah. Ah. Why is it that triggering reaction in me? Yeah. So that was eye opening.
1: So but- you have to yeah, monitor your perfectionism mm-hmm. in certain areas, mm-hmm. maybe more than others. Yeah. I got that. Maybe the big rocks, but the little pebbles are still in there. There you go. Yeah. Um, so to just divert for a second. I'm like, you know, we talk to ourselves like we would never. Oh. But you would never send that email to someone. <laughs> Or have someone send that email to you and say, can you believe the complete <laughs> incompetence <wrong> <laughs> of this person? No. So we need to think of ourselves as somebody that we love mm-hmm. and respect and talk to ourselves that way. Talk to ourselves like we would a small, adorable child. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, like, and, and also, I thought this was a really great insight from this, this podcast, that if, you, if we get into it with a friend or a spouse, and you know you have words and you were a horrible, ugly person, Generally, you're going to come back and fix that. Yes. You're going to say, I'm so sorry. Like, you didn't deserve that. I was mm-hmm. way out of line. Do we ever come back to ourselves
0: and Ooh. say, you know,
1: I had no right to talk to you that way? Oh, that's good, man. I'm so sorry because that's not who you are and that's not what you deserved. I have n- no, no, I <laughs> never have done that. And I thought, ding, 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 like major yeah. revelation. So, so in- true.
0: I think you're right. I'm not doing that.
1: I mean, I'll stop
0: the lies. <laughs> I'll stop the lies, but it's like, ho, no, ho, ho, ho. I need to, like, tell myself the truth. If you don't it with
1: another person, you keep on carrying mm-hmm. that garbage with you. Mm-hmm. It keeps on building up. And you- so
0: if I send you that text, which I, I did this week with the typos in it, I can just say, oh, no, Renee, you're just human. You're in a hurry. Right. And it's just a text. She mm-hmm. knew what you meant. It's all good. Let's move on. I'm sorry I yelled at you. I'm sorry that I yelled at you in your self. own head, self.
1: <laughs> it sounds silly, but seriously. really
0: quite clever and fun to be around.
1: Yes. <laughs> for but, real, you should totally oh. do that. I know it sounds crazy. It but does. Like,
0: it sounds just as crazy as when I first learned it when I was 30. But I'm gonna, I thought my therapist was crazy. I'm going to do it. I'm like, you're seriously for $120 an hour telling me to talk to myself differently? Yeah it works like why
1: can't you figure that out yourself? it works but yeah (laughs) it works and it can't hurt all right what's the third one um let's see letting go of numbing or powerlessness like in the form of addiction maybe yes and cultivating a resilient spirit so you just get like so wrapped up in the stress and everything of the day that you do the endless scroll
0: this is where i scored myself pretty low i was halfway
1: bored I was less than half. I, oh. I was I was like, wow,
0: conviction. Yeah. I'll numb myself with scrolling through, through social media. I'll numb myself with online shopping.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll look forward. I'll find myself looking forward all day to that glass of wine mm-hmm. at 5 o'clock when David comes home. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't spend your whole day. Yeah. Waiting for the the anxious feeling to go away let's like let's deal with it
1: what's the resilient spirit what How can you cultivate that's that right before you get to that point? yeah
0: we don't need to stay in anxiety because it's just gonna crop up like right. i'm gonna i know my personality i'm gonna have anxious moments anxious yeah. days anxious hours i can either decide i thought about this with just exercising yeah. if i'm having a really hard day maybe yeah. i just walk the dog longer
1: for oh yeah go outside easy peasy yes um i think this one was low for me because of just COVID will not stop. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. over it so much. But yeah, I can't hear any COVID news anymore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it so just makes me anxious. And- I was convicted. Even um, Ugh. did you ever do you numb with um Netflix or TV? I TV. do. Yeah, yeah. I'll evenings. numb with like a really good series. Just mm-hmm. get engrossed and like give my brain like another avenue to travel down and yeah. like drown out everything else yeah. again I, it's not the most toxic coping mechanism but I can do better than that
1: no it's like what does Dory say escape <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that's, that's what we're doing <laughs> yeah escape yeah yep so I don't want to be doing that
1: all right what's the next one all right
0: letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark and cultivating gratitude and joy
1: I was good on this one two-thirds yeah me too that
0: was two-thirds that wasn't bad so scarcity and fear of the dark scarcity like there's never gonna be enough like like for real like finances kind of scarcity
1: Uh all that or like like,
0: scarcity of love Uh yeah 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 yeah.
1: scarcity of um seats at the table if Mm. you know what I mean like I'm not
0: welcome there
1: yeah or everybody else is already so good at this yeah I'm not I probably don't have a place there yes you know, there's already enough books in the world. I think Why about that with my writing. Book?
0: Yeah, my articles. I'm like, every article I've written, somebody's written the same topic better.
1: Right. But it's not the way you've done it.
0: And and so I've just decided that, like, if my if my article only helps one other person or 10 people and reaches them even, is
1: there it worth you. it? Praise yeah, it's
0: worthwhile. Yeah. It's worthwhile. So I don't think I live in scarcity or fear of the dark. I just scored myself lower because I'm not great at gratitude and joy. Uh the gratitude journals and everything in the 90s mm-hmm. that people were all about. I was like, lame. Oh, no, I got into that. Lame. I liked those. I, I, I mean, I need to be into it. Yeah. I should be into it because I, that's not one of my strengths. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's good. Move on. We yeah. need to address what's wrong. <laughs> that's super positive attitude. No, I know. I'm such a fun person. <laughs> so well, I want to be more grateful and joyful. Yes. Yeah. And I have good friends in my life who helped me be that way.
1: Take moments. Take moments to do yeah. that. All right. Letting go of comparison and cultivating creativity.
0: Ooh, this was like my second highest.
1: Oh, I'm about halfway with this.
0: I was 80% on this because I feel like I'm in a season of like lots of creativity. Mm-hmm. So even with like what I love to do, cooking is my favorite hobby. And then I'm getting lots of opportunities to like speak and write and different areas that I've never really studied yeah and so that's interesting to me too cool I feel like fulfilled and fulfilled well, this there is,
1: that's a good example of why it's good to go back and retake this from time to time because mm-hmm. your seasons of life change and oh yeah you have different things to work on oh goodness creativity
0: and yeah. comparison and if you had asked me five years ago or eight years ago when I was in the throes of homeschooling it would have been so low yeah like, like I just didn't have the bandwidth yes to be my creative self right so yeah totally
1: um, okay, letting go. Ouch! This is ouchy. <laughs> letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self worth, and cultivating rest and play.
0: Mm, I said two thirds.
1: I'm about a little so, over halfway. So
0: you know, if you're thinking of these as a gas tank, we didn't really say that at the beginning. But so two thirds positive on this. Yeah. Um, I think in my 30s, exhaustion was a status symbol for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so, so busy. tired. <laughs> yeah we we're insanely busy this past weekend how many mm-hmm. you know well good yeah. for you honey
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's american status symbol so it's a cultural status symbol that we yes. can we're all gonna have to fight fight against yes but um sabbath, yeah
1: sabbath needs to come back into mm-hmm. vogue as a thing mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm.
0: all right and we are letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle and cultivating calm and stillness so i was like 60 percent yeah on this was that one too. yeah and again that was my big that was my big problem in my like 20s into my 30s like that I had to address I just lived in anxiety
1: I think this is a function of time too I, I just have more time mm-hmm. and fewer demands so yeah. I can go sit on the porch and yes. listen to the birds for a minute yeah.
0: my only time to do that when I was raising my kids was 5 a.m. Right. I, I, if I didn't get up before everybody else was up, it did not happen. Uh huh. Because I'm a morning person, and I was asleep at eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. Right. So,
1: so oh, that's a good. This is a good. That one with and the one before it too. So you're anxious as, as a lifestyle. You don't have calm and stillness, and you can't cultivate rest and play, <laughs> and you're exhausted all the time because maybe you're a young mom. <laughs> yeah. But uh,
0: yeah, work I can on that. Totally okay. Totally see why this would be so good to revisit. Yeah. Even year to year, or mm-hmm. every couple of years. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, are you letting go of self doubt and supposed to, and cultivating meaningful work? This was high, eighty percent for me. Yeah,
1: about halfway. Yeah, you're doing good. You're just you're trying to ace the test. Oh uh, no, I don't want to overscore myself. Right but answers. you know,
0: I've never that's never been my problem. I just told you, anxiety was my problem. Yeah. Self doubt and supposed to. No, no, no. Okay, well that's mine. Yeah, I'll
1: take that one from you. Thank yeah, you very so much. it's
0: just a part a part of like I think it was my disposition and the parents who raised me. Mm. We're just like, don't ever care what somebody thinks of you. Like, have your own compass. kind oh, yeah, of thing. Though, no, was, that was number
1: one in our household.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, of
1: course. That, of course that <laughs> one would be. Yeah.
0: yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm just <laughs> thinking maybe mine should have been higher, like, on the meaningful, meaningful work. But I think I'm just stepping into the meaningful work. I'm still discovering yeah. meaningful work. The new meaningful work. I, I, I had it before.
1: Oh, yeah. Different ones. Yeah, different yeah. work. Um, okay, letting go of being cool and being always in control. And Mm. cultivating laughter, song, and dance. I was way high on this one. Oh, I wasn't. Because I love laughter, (laughs) song, and dance. I know. That's part of the reason we're friends. My family cringes at me (laughs) all the time.
0: No, I like to look together. I will say. I like to look together. Not because of the excellence and competence (laughs) thing in me. Not because of what other people think of me. It's because I internally want to be competent. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, no, no, no.
1: You don't always have to be like... Laughter, song, and dance yeah. is not incompetent or out of control.
0: It's, it feels silly. It's fun. It, it just silly. feels silly. It is silly. I'm not a very silly, spontaneous
1: person. Celebration is one of the spiritual disciplines, according to Richard Foster.
0: Yeah, well, I'll get to that one later. <laughs> Lord willing, I have a few more years. Cultivate that. All
1: right. <laughs> Letting go of unclear and uncommitted values and cultivating value, clarity, and commitment. That mm. was pretty good on this That one. was my highest. I was like 90%. Yeah. And I think it's, um, that's the difference between what she did on her podcast, I think, and what we're reflecting here is that we have a certain worldview
0: yeah and I'm thinking wow I'm grateful that I wasn't left to my own devices in certain big life situations where maybe I would have made a different choice Hmm. so um I, I am grateful for a Christian worldview that gives me clear like values and clarity of commitment yeah I'm grateful for that. Of course, I'm also a first child and an ISTJ who upholds tradition <laughs> by nature.
1: It's because we're complicated people and Yeah, that's okay. yeah, yeah.
0: So it's a double dose of that mm-hmm. for me. So this was super helpful, Bonnie. I loved this quiz. I would highly recommend our listeners go there and take it.
1: Yeah. It's totally Introspection, worth not I, I think rarely can go wrong to just take a look at yourself, step back for a minute and engage where you are what you need to work on. Another good thing about, or interesting thing I think about these phases is that um, when we're in our 20s and 30s and building and focused on who we are and, and learning all the good stuff and gifts about ourselves, we are focused on all the things that we already do well. Because mm. um, mm-hmm. that's how you build your career. That's what you're good at. Uh, and then when you get to your late 30s, 40s, whatever, then you have a little bit more time and you've already, you've already kind of cultivated and done all your good things well. And now... God's giving you opportunities uh-huh. for growth uh-huh. in maybe the areas that you aren't so good at. So you need to stretch a little bit. Now you've got more time. Maybe your kids have left home. And now you've got the focus and the bandwidth to, oh, yeah, what did I leave out? Or what did I neglect working on for so many years? I can do that now. Oh, it's such a beautiful gift.
0: I'm, I, that's one of the things I'm enjoying the most about this transitional season is just being able to go, hmm, yeah, what what can I work on in creativity, in my own yeah. um character and personality that needs still needs work? I've got time to to do that.
1: That's why so many US presidents like get out of politics and become painters. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like isn't that weird how many of them do that? But it's because they've done all this other stuff, this cerebral stuff for so mm-hmm. long okay check that box what's next
0: what's next creativity it's beautiful so whatever your scores on this assessment if you decide to take it it's okay yeah there's no right or wrong it's okay it's okay it's um i want to read this quote from the imperfect disciple the book i mentioned earlier it's interesting how often the areas of our inner selves in the areas in the of our inner selves we strive to hide from jesus are the ones he's most interested in (laughs) And it's amazing these things about ourselves that we hope he doesn't see are the very things he needs to cover with his grace. In the end, as in the beginning, it's not our good intentions or even our good deeds that get us out of the muck of ourselves. It's God's rescuing hand. It is his enduring announcement over us, messed up creatures. I love you. That changes everything.
1: Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I love
0: you. And, and even in the striving, um, it's safe. Because you are already loved and accepted. Yeah. It's such a safe place to be.
1: Yet. The word yet, I'm not what I ought to be yet. Not what I wish to be yet. <laughs> I'm not what I hope to be yet. But God's gonna get me there.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm not I'm not what I once was. Yeah. I can say that. Yeah. I'm not what I once was. I hope we all can. Mm-hmm. No matter what
1: stage you're in, mm-hmm. whether you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties.
0: But there's two journeys there. There's the, like we said at the beginning, the two choices. There's I'm not what I once was because I'm devolving into these.
1: Yeah. More self, more Mm -hmm. flesh, more Mm
0: -hmm. me. Denial. Yeah. Or refusal to do the hard work or just face the truth Mm -hmm. about yourself or your situation. Or there's the, um, there's a, the, I'm not what I once was, a journey of, wow, God has brought me, by uncovering the layers of my heart, gently, little by little, has brought me along so that I'm more conformed to the image of Christ. I'm a better version of myself than when left to my own devices. Yeah.
1: Old self, new self.
0: Ooh, so good. So good. People who think Christianity is boring and lame and constricting don't know, like, the real gospel the The real gospel is so exciting the deep of the deep it's so exciting and so freeing and so much love so I love that she says that the areas um, where we have our imperfections and our weaknesses are just opportunities for growth yeah that's the best like educational philosophy I think you know is I try to think of that with my own kids it's like okay here's their strengths and we're gonna spend a lot of time in their strengths because there's joy there Mm mm-hmm But we're just going to look for growth. Yeah. Where they're...
1: Little by little. Yes.
0: We're going to look for growth. Like,
1: take this quiz and don't be like, okay, today I have to work on cultivating every single one of these things. No, it's like a slow, lifelong process of Mm -hmm. daily practice. It's not, you know, by next week, perfectionist people, you have to be all 100%.
0: You do have to look back by years, I think, a lot of times on this stuff. You can't look back by weeks or months even. No. Like look back, am I different at 50 than I was at 49, or at 30 than at 29? Mm-hmm. And certainly in five-year increments, you can start to see great changes by the grace of God. It's, yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah. So um, in my quest for good quotes for this podcast, I found one from Calvin's Institutes. And um, it's in the vein of thought of having a puny capacity for change. And in the Christian worldview, that's no problem. He said, and let us not despair at the slightness of our success to change. He's talking about change. For even though attainment may not correspond to desire, when today outstrips yesterday, the effort is not lost. I love that. The effort is not lost, even with a puny capacity for change. One day. His
1: mercies are new every morning. Every morning. Try again.
0: Every morning. So do not despair of the work and where you are like the good news um of jesus that the sermon on the mount is like those of us who scored ourselves low on this mm-hmm. the sermon on the mount's for us yeah you know like the spiritually impoverished impoverished the emotionally devastated the psychologically weak the culturally oppressed the inwardly pure the relationally calm the physically abused the personally accused
1: these are the people that receive blessing. I know, right? God is terrible at background <laughs> checks. <laughs> that's true. Like, he's the worst. He is the God of, you know, being on the bathroom floor. He picks us up from wherever we are and uses us anyway.
0: Anyway. That's right. I right. just love that. I know. I do, too. I um In the Imperfect Disciple, he says, this isn't good news for those who are, spiritually speaking, sitting at the head of the conference table. It cannot be good news for those who are, you know, feeling their own way through life by following the positive energy, man, but it's good news for those of us in the caves. Praise God. So, yeah, thanks to Brene Brown for her work on this and giving us access to just such good help for self-reflection and self-improvement. Um,
1: and check out her gift her book The Gift of Imperfection yeah
0: sounds good to it's me kind of useful
1: so we're going to put that up on our website and you can find her um, survey that we just did on our blog at justaskyourmom.com or facebook just ask your mom or instagram at just ask your mom podcast and
0: if you're listening we'd love for you to rate us and give us a review it just helps people find the podcast a little more easily and please send us your questions and topics we'd love to hear from you um send them to just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time on just, just ask, ask your, your mom, mom.